Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Joe Adams. Joe is the founding and lead pastor of Mana Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Joe is a husband, a father of four children, and just a great lover of Jesus Christ. So, Joe, it's an honor to have you here on the show today. Honored to be with you, Matt. Excited. Yeah, so uh, like uh, a handful of our guests, Joe and I met in Brazil on a trip with Dr. Randy Clark and Global Awakening back in December. Uh, An amazing time. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's the thing that's really cool for me is, just the amazing connections that are made. You know, you do ministry with people for such a, a long period of time over those handful of days that were there. You get to know people. So it's it's a lot yeah. of fun. So yeah, I'm absolutely. glad that you're here. And uh, give me your thoughts. I mean, it was uh, a, a fun trip. It was very eye-opening. What were your thoughts on the trip? What was your greatest takeaway? It was powerful. That was my first trip um, with Global Awakening anywhere, especially. Brazil. Um, so first time in Brazil myself, and man, I was just blown away. Now the the schedule is intense. Like I I've never been on a missions trip where it was that much going on back to back over so many days. So it was pretty intense schedule. But man, it was honestly life changing in so many different ways. And um, you know, it's part of this journey for me. Even the reason I got on that trip is God's just been stirring up that hunger and that desire to see Him move in power in my life and um, in our midst in a greater measure. And and so getting there and just seeing, man, I know Matt, we we've talked about this, just the impact that it had in your life too, especially because that was your second one. But just seeing the number of people that were being touched by God day by day, and then having the chance to pray for people. So so I've been telling people, man, I saw God heal more people over the course of five days through me praying for them than in the previous 34 years of my life combined. And uh, so I've always believed that God still heals theologically. I've prayed for that for, for years and years and years, even taught on that. But then I saw it happening at a measure I've never seen it before. And honestly, man, it's just it's changed my life, and I've seen more people healed in the last few months of being back than the previous 34 years combined. So, man, I just feel like I'm on this exciting journey of God doing a new thing in my life. It's pretty incredible. Well, that's awesome. And it it really is. Uh, I've encouraged our listeners many times that, you know, if they want to see something amazing, uh, that there's no better possibility. There's no better place for them to do that than a trip with the global team and going to Brazil. Uh, Now, what that should do when you go there is you come back and you still maintain that same hunger because you know God is the same in Brazil as he is here in America, whether that's Colorado, whether that's Alabama, it doesn't matter. Same God all over the place. But, you know, it it is a fire that has to be stewarded, you know, so you go down there to catch fire and then you've got to take the torch and you've got to walk with that you don't necessarily see the same hunger and desperation in the American people because we've got so much Mm. comfort and we've got so much wealth. We've got so many distractions. Uh, But at the same time, we know what is possible. And so it's exciting when we just continue to go after those things. So your church, as you've been back and you've shared some of these stories, and Mm. I know you've had Brian Starley, who's also been one of our guests 
uh, how have they responded to your testifying? You're you're sharing, yeah. hey, this is what God is capable of. Are they responding right. like, hey, let's go? Or are they like, ah, I don't know about this? What what's that been looking yeah. like? Yeah, for the most part, they're they're very excited about it. So this journey really started a couple, maybe maybe a year and a half, year and a half ago for me. And um, one of the things we did is we actually did a sermon series. I think it was last summer. And the sermon series, I titled it, There is More. And it was just a series on who the Holy Spirit is, what the work of the Holy Spirit looks like. And then that's when I invited Brian Starley uh, from Global Awakening to come. And he preached our Sunday morning services. And then we do these things in the evening um, called Encounter encounter nights. They're like nights of worship and prayer. And uh, we do them about four to five times a year. And uh, so I had Brian lead that and we called it an encounter night of healing. And we just told people, Hey, we're, you know, we've never done that before, but we're just going to pray for God to bring healing. And I told some stories of some of the miracles that I had seen over the last few months and people were excited. And I said, Hey, even if you don't believe in this, like just come, if you're curious, come and see what this is about. And one of the interesting things about our church is we're a non-denominational church. And so we've done, I'd say if we've done something well, we've reached people from all different kinds of backgrounds, uh, people that believe in the gifts of the spirit, people that don't, that grew up, you know, Southern Baptist or, or fundamental Baptist. And like, they have no experience of that. They told that the, the gifts had ceased, you know, at the end of the apostolic age. And, and so it was like this teaching. And then I didn't want to just teach it, but I wanted them to experience it. And so Brian showed up and, um, man, he led, he led that night of worship for us. And, and bro, we saw God do some crazy stuff, like people just getting touched by the Holy spirit in ways they never had before people being filled with the spirit. Um, probably over a dozen miracles, um, that happened that night, some pretty significant ones. So I think Brian's even shared some of the stories from that night in recent and recent months. And, and it was wild. And a lot of people were fired up. And they couldn't believe it. they were excited. They they're seeing it. They believed it. Now they're seeing it. And then we had some other families that were not into it, man. Just being honest with you. They're like, this is too weird for me. This is crazy. Like, what is happening here? And um, unfortunately, we did have some families leave the church, but the majority of them, their hearts were just stirred and, and excited about it. And so we've just been making room for that more and more. And and as we're seeing more and more testimonies of this happening. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, got to pray over a gal who had a hernia in her stomach and God healed that thing instantly. She's had no issues since, doesn't feel it anymore, like no pain, canceled her surgery. Like, And so I shared that story last night. We had an encounter night of worship last night. I shared that story last night to a bunch of cheers and applauding in the room because they know that it's real and getting excited about it. And, and we just pray for people um, to receive healing at, at the end of our night of worship. So. It's been a it's been a wild ride, man. But it's been really exciting. That's awesome. And you know, I, I think that that is the it's always the challenge, you know, because we've got to continue to walk in the things that the Lord is calling us to walk into, whether people are coming along on that journey or not. I mean, you obviously mm -hmm. want people to come along on the journey, but you know, we've got to be who God's called us to be. Period. And yeah. and at the end of the day, you know. It's the, the parable of the sower. You know, you're throwing out seed. You don't have any clue where it's going to land. You want right. to obviously uh, present soil that, that is worthy for that seed to, to take solid root. But at the same time, there are going to be people that they hear this stuff and they're like, OK, that's crazy. Uh, that's really weird. Uh, no, thanks. I, I don't need that. 
Um, but at the same time, you just continue to throw it out because it's the truth. It's it's the truth of God's word. It's the truth of of what he says in the Bible. It's still the same truth today and it does not change. You know, so if we know right. that God is the same yesterday, today and forever, then we've got to continue to pursue him like he asked us to pursue him in the Bible. And, yeah. you know, but it is funny. Yesterday I was at uh, my wife asked me to go to the grocery store for and so I'm in Walmart and Walmart's a great place for ministry uh, yeah. because, you know, you're typically never going to see the people again. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, a guy, uh, I'm looking for some pasta and, you know, I think we're looking for the same pasta and it's sold out. So uh, but he bends down and he stands up. He's like, oh, man, that, that didn't feel good. I was like, oh, did, did your knee, you know, you, you hurt your knee. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, we had uh I think I, I twisted a little bit and I said, well, does it hurt right now? And he's like, um, yeah, you know, it, it does. It does. I was like, well, hey, listen, Jesus healed my knee and I believe that he can heal your knee, you know, through yep. prayer. And I would love to pray for it. Um, and he's like, well, what, what happened to your knee? I said, well, I had a torn ACL. And so people, you know, prayed for it and, and it got healed. And uh, so he did it for me. He can do it for you. Can I pray for you? And he's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. And I'm like, okay, can I put my hand on it? He's like, no, no, man, listen, I gotta, I gotta be careful with prayer. I was like, I understand. <laughs> I was like, can I put my hand on your shoulder? He's like, no, no, man, I'm good. He said, you, you can pray for me. Uh, you know, uh, just keep me in your prayers. I was like, okay, well, I just pray that the Lord would bless you right now and heal your knee. Um, you know, not trying to be weird, but I just, I believe in the power of prayer. He's like, yeah, yeah you know, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. God bless you. And he's like, let me get away from this guy. But, mm -hmm. you know, I had just seen three people yesterday, two people at church and one person at the gym that got physically healed. So I know what right. God's capable of, yeah. but people are always going to have the choice. They've got the ability to accept it or they've yeah. got the ability to reject it. No different than when Jesus was walking the earth. There were some people that wanted to receive his message. There were some people that wanted to be healed. And then there were others that said, no, I'm good with my pain. No, I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want this. So I think that that is, um, you know, you, you know what God is capable of, you know, yeah, what he's right. got for people and you want everybody to want that, but not everybody wants that. So right. how do you navigate that as a pastor that's hungry and you want a yeah. congregation that's hungry, uh, but, you know, not everybody there wants to be fed. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I, I think for me, Matt, it's honestly just spending time seeking God, trying to get direction. You know, what, what's the spirit saying? Like, what is, what is God saying in this particular situation? And I think at the end of the day, man, we just got to be obedient to what God's speaking to us and the results are up to him. Um, the results are have never been up to us. And so like, if God's leading me in a direction, I'm just going to say, okay, yes, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And, and trust him with that. And then there's another, there's another aspect of it too, is, is um, there's this phrase that I love uh, naturally supernatural. And that's something that I've really just kind of embraced and said, that's who I want to be. Like, I'm going to be naturally supernatural. I think sometimes we get in our minds, oh, it's got to look this way or in order for God to show up, like I got to pray like this, or I have to do this like big thing or yell really loud. And it's like, no, like, like just follow Jesus, pray for people. And allow God to do the supernatural. And uh, so that's one of the things that I've just kind of embraced is I don't want to make the work of the Holy Spirit weird because of me. Now, the Holy Spirit's unpredictable. 
So he's going to do whatever he wants to do. I, I can't control him and I don't want to control him. Um, he's unpredictable. So there may be some things that people think are weird and it's like, God's going to do what God's going to do, but I don't need to add my preconceived conceptions or notions about what it should look like or what it takes to make something happen. Cause it's not up to me in the first place. So, uh, so I think for me, it's that I want to be obedient to whatever God is speaking and saying in the moment. And then just be as natural, like the way you even interact in that conversation. You weren't a crazy person. You're just like, hey, man, God did this for me. You related to him. He had some emotional intelligence. You know, you're natural, but making room for God to do the supernatural. I think that's yeah, I, a, that's an important thing. Well, and I, I do think, too, um, you know, sometimes when it is just a natural thing for us, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm praying for somebody and and I don't necessarily feel anything like sometimes you just feel the presence of God and you just know like boom this yeah. is going to happen and you you feel him moving in the midst of the prayer or you in the midst of the conversation whatever that looks like and yeah. you just know God's about to do something and sometimes you pray and you don't feel anything and they're like oh yeah, yeah I feel better it's like really God, good because yes. I yes I didn't think anything was happening there you know so yeah it is uh it should be commonplace it it should yeah. be uh, you know, out of the overflow of our time in the secret place, out of the overflow yeah. in our intimacy with the Lord, it should just be a natural occurrence. And, um, you know, it, it's my wife, uh, she challenges me and and I love her. She's amazing. Uh, but like the other night, we're at a yogurt shop and I see a girl with a boot on. I'm like, hey, do you want to? We've just been in this heaven and business workshop and like, you know, it's all about walking in the, the presence of the Lord anywhere you go. And I'm like, hey, yeah. you want to you want to pray for her healing? She's in a boot. And she's like, no, nah, I, I just don't feel led to pray. I'm like, OK, well, uh, she turned around to do something different. And I'm like, OK, I'm going for it. And mm -hmm. so this girl, like I started to pray for her. And uh, well, I asked her, hey, what what's going on? How did you hurt yourself? And oh, I, I fractured my ankle. Oh, OK, well, yeah. that that sounds painful. Does it hurt? And she's like yeah, it actually hurts really bad. I just had surgery. And I said, but you're in pain right now. She said, yes. And I said, well, can I pray? And she's like, yeah, whatever. And uh, I'm like, just, I believe that Jesus heals. And, you know, and I kneel down, you know, can I put my hand on it? Yes. Uh, so I kneel down and I've got my hand on her boot and I hear her like laughing as I'm praying. Yes. And, you know, I'm like, okay, doesn't matter to me. You know, like I don't control the outcome. Like you just said, and uh, so as I'm praying for the laughing stops and then mm -hmm. I stand up and she's like, it, it, it actually, it actually feels better. I was like, yeah, that's what Jesus does. That's and uh, you know, so the pain went down. And so I, I think that that's the important thing for people that are listening to understand, like we, we just be who he's called us to be. And yeah. the results are always up to him. You know, sometimes yeah. people get healed. Sometimes they don't, yeah. you know, we yeah. can't heal anybody, but the more people we pray for, the more there's the possibility that that right. happens. So, That's right. um, so the, the people that are, um, you know, how are you equipping them to grow? I mean, obviously you had Brian come in and uh, you're doing the encounter services and trying to stoke the fire there. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else that you're doing to try to equip them to walk in this stuff? Yeah. So that's something, you know, this leading a church in this is brand new to me. And so I feel like I'm learning all along the way. And so one of the things we've done is, um, so we do have a prayer team, like I imagine most churches would. And so that's kind of where we started. So we started with the staff first, 
And um, I actually took all of, well, the majority of our staff to one of the global awakening events. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Um, greater things, the greater things conference, just because, you know, some of them, this is, this is new for them as well, like being exposed to this kind of environment. And so it took them there, leading them through um, the, there was more book that Dr. Clark wrote and, and like prepping. So it started with the staff. Hey guys, this is what this looks like. Hey, we're going to like, here, we're going to pray for people. Here's what I'm learning. Here's, here's how we're doing this. Here's, here's a five-step model that you can use to pray for people. Um, and then bringing that from the staff to our prayer team. And, uh, you know, some of the prayer team, they've had experience in this in the past. Some of them, this is brand new to them. And so we're, we're teaching them and helping them and then just making room for that. Like at our encounter nights or after service, we always have a prayer time um, after every service that we do on Sunday mornings and, and an extended time at our encounter nights. And so kind of making room for that. And as people are, are hungry and desiring that, they they are we've found that they kind of take those steps to say, hey, I, I want to see this. Like, I want to experience this. And uh, so that's what we're doing right now. And we'll see where it goes from there. That's awesome. So in your own personal journey, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. uh, you're on fire for the Lord right now and you're, you're continuing to grow. Uh, there is always more. And, and that's yes. when I first heard Dr. Clark. Uh, it was at a There Is More conference here in Birmingham. Knew nothing about it, but yeah. uh, that meeting changed my life. Stay tuned. We'll have more Living Life on Purpose after we hear from one of our sponsors. Are you a business person that's hungry for more of the Holy Spirit at work? Partnering with God is what you were designed for. Experiencing God at work and being a blessing to the city that you live in is accessible to every believer. Hearing from God for your business and city shouldn't feel mysterious or inaccessible. Heaven and Business exists to give you access to the tools and training you need to equip you to grow with God in business and influence. Begin with our free trial and an online membership, then explore the events, community, and other resources. Check out heavenandbusiness.com today if this is what you're looking for, and I promise you won't be disappointed. And now, back to Living Life on Purpose with your host, Matt Wilson. As you've been on this journey, how long have you been walking with him? How, how did uh, yeah. you, you start this process? You, you didn't start where you are right now. Right, right. Man, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I actually gave my life to Jesus with my dad when I was four years old. Like wow. I remember praying that prayer. My dad was a worship leader. And, and so we, I grew up in an, an amazing home. And, um, and so I've been following Jesus for a long time. I actually had some encounters with God at some summer camps when I was in middle school and high school where I just got wrecked by God. And, and it was at those moments where the first time I went to one of those summer camps, it just shifted in my life. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm not just following Jesus. Like I'm in love with Jesus and I want to live for him. And even like a call to ministry came out of some of those later in my high school years. And um, so, so that's kind of where it started. And, and I grew up in an environment that believed in all of this stuff. We prayed for people to be healed. You know, we were at summer camps and we saw seeing youth getting set free um, from demonic oppression. And like, so we've, I've seen this, I've grown up in it. Um, but it wasn't something that was happening on a regular basis. It was, it was more like, man, we prayed for people as they needed it. Um, or I prayed for people as they needed it, but I could probably, I would probably say five, maybe, maybe four or five people that I would say, Hey, God supernaturally healed them when I prayed from age four to 34. Um, and there, it was during COVID 
Um, and we, we had started the church here in Colorado Springs and it was growing really quickly and we we're really excited about what God was doing, but we, we don't have a building. We're still a portable church. We we're meeting in a high school right now. We're meeting at a community college at the time. And, um, man, when COVID hit, like it, it was hard. Um, and we didn't have the option of like meeting in a building. We didn't own a building. People wouldn't let us meet in their space. And, uh, so we went like seven, seven, eight months not having a service all online. And God just used that to get at the heart of a bunch of different things in my own heart. And, and through that process, realizing, man, I just believe that as our culture continues to move in the direction that it's moving, as I look at these younger generations, um, like apologetics are awesome. I love that. I've studied that. Um, I, I teach that and preach that defense of the gospel. Like, I think that's amazing. But at some point, like arguments aren't enough and logic isn't enough and people need an encounter with the presence of a living God. And I, I have family members that I've used every apologetic defense I know, and they're still like, I don't want Jesus. And I know it's not because there's not enough logical evidence for it. I know it's because they don't want that. There's been some stuff in their past. They need an encounter. And so it really stirred up some stuff of going I think I need to walk more in the power of the Holy Spirit because when I read the book of Acts and when I look at the life of Jesus, like I want to, I want to live like that. Like why, why not now? And it just really stirred some stuff up. And, and then I heard a friend who went to a global awakening conference and was wrecked, like straight up radically impacted by the power of God. And I was like, man, I'm just hungry. I, I need something more. And so that began that journey. And I showed up and God met with me in a powerful way. And it just stirred. It's just been this hunger, this hunger that's just been growing and saying, and me saying, God, I want, I know there's more and I want the more. And so just getting in environments and places where people who are in, in this that are further along than I am, you know, who, who are walking in this stuff that I, that I believe that I can walk in. Like this is, this is from God. For me, it's for you. It's for anybody who who wants to walk in this. And uh, so I'm like in the midst of that journey, you know, seeking it out, learning from people who are further along the road and just believing that God's got more. Well, it, it is so important that, you know, Jesus, he had presentation, but demonstration, you know, yes. so he would speak, but then also people were getting healed. People were getting yeah. saved. People were getting delivered. It, it was, uh, there was a power that came with the presentation. And so from that standpoint, I, like you, I grew up in the church and, you know, when I was seven, I first got baptized. And then by the time I was 18 years old, like all I knew was, uh, you know, the, basically um, it was the Turner burn that, that I was raised in. And, and so I'd made enough bad decisions by the, the point that, I'd finished high school that I thought I was just on a one-way ticket to hell. And, you know, so what was the point? Uh, I was just going to accelerate that process. And so I just lived for the party and, you know, yeah. went off to school and it was chasing all the wrong things. And I caught a lot of them and none of them were fulfilling. And it wasn't yeah. until, uh, you know, so my wife and I, we got married and my parents, you know, kept saying, Hey, you need to get back in church. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Whatever. And so we yeah. did, but it was still just checking the box because that's just what people in, you know, Birmingham, Alabama do. And, um, you know, sure. and, and ultimately there was no encounter. It was religion. Mm -hmm. It was dead. And it was 
it was lifeless. And so there was no aspect of my life that changed other than I would dress up and I would go in and I could answer Sunday school questions and, you know, uh, know that God was tugging on me in services, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, not surrendering because that would mean I would have to, you know, change my way uh, to follow his way. But it was January of 2016, day 17 of 21 days of prayer that I had an encounter with a living God. Mm, And that encounter changed my life. And at that point, I realized like God had been there all along because he showed me it was supernatural revelation that he had been there the whole time. I was the one who was distant. He never was. And at that point, I just I broke and I repented. And I just said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm all yours. And and it was that point that I, you know, changed my life. And then I still Mm -hmm. had to walk out that process of, uh, all right, I'm I'm, I'm laying my life down. But that was just an understanding of of, I'm in love with Jesus now. Uh, But, you know, the supernatural came later. I'd I'd had some exposure to it, but I'm like, I don't know. My wife walks in this, but I don't. And and then it was that hunger, like if, if this is available, how can I access this? And, you know, so uh, again, uh, however you get here, you, you can get here. You know, my path was crooked. Yours was straight. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, but God is still available for everybody. Jesus wants a relationship with everybody. Yes. And then, you know, whether you've been walking with him for five minutes or you've been walking with him for 50 years, there's always more. And the yes. more you have hunger, the more he will show you. But you've yeah. got to pursue him in order to truly get to. I mean, he's always pursuing you, but you've yeah. got to make that decision to pursue him as well in yeah. order to, to, to get to the place that, uh, you know, you're at now. So from that standpoint, as you have uh, started to walk in these things, I mean, what what's what's next for you on this journey? What What's it looking like? Yeah. So I, I just want to press, continue pressing into it and continuing to learn. And, you know, I think the the thing I've just been really arrested with is just looking at the life of Jesus in the gospels and going, I want to, I want to walk as Jesus walked. And obviously I'm a flawed human. Um, but by the power of the spirit, the work of the spirit, I want to live like he lived and walk like he walked. And, and so the thing that I've, I feel like this year is about continuing to grow in awareness of what the spirit is doing and saying day by day, you know, like as I'm, as I'm driving down the road to the office, as I'm in the grocery store, you're talking about some of those encounters that you have in these, these out of the way places, this is like day to day living and the awareness of what God is doing. And so I believe that there's just more of that for me in this season. And then some of it too, like just getting practical, like I, like global awakening has those like school of ministry. So I took like the physical healing course. And I like, I've got a master's degree, um, you know, in ministry stuff. And, but like, yeah, I, like, I want to learn more about this. So I'm going to take a, a course on deliverance from, from these guys. And like, I just want to learn, I want to soak it up. So reading books and pressing in. And then I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is leaning in um, to the presence of God, leaning in, in those quiet times and those private times of going, God, I'm like, I want more. I'm here. What are you saying? What are you doing? As I'm driving, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? As I'm in the line, God, what are you saying? What are, what are you doing? Just being, cultivating an awareness of what God's doing. That's good. Yeah, I would encourage everybody that's out there, you know, if you are a follower of Jesus, he's, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, he's, he's constantly trying to get our attention. 
And, you know, as we saw in the Bible, um, you know, now he obviously spoke face to face with Moses. Uh, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit, it's a still soft voice, you know, so you've got to get quiet in order to hear that yeah. voice. But the more you get quiet and the more you focus your attention on him and what he's doing and ask him those questions. Hey, what are you doing in this moment? What do you want to say to this person? What what decision should I make here? The more he'll reveal his heart for you and, you know, the task at hand or the situation at hand or uh, the, the moment that you're in. And uh, but often, you know, we're, again, full of distractions. Uh, yes. we've, we've got these little devices called phones that are always in our hands. And, yeah. um, you know, so uh, yeah. being aware, that's that's really important. Yeah. And I think, too, for me, like I'm I'm having to cultivate that hunger. Because there's seasons where the hunger is strong, and then there's seasons where I start to grow content with with where I am. And so, like you know, going into Brazil, like the hunger was high. Seeing what I saw coming out of that, the hunger was great. Like, yes, God, more of this. But then, as life goes on, it's almost like I can, if I'm not intentional about it, like I can go into a place of, well, I'm like, this is good. Like, what's happening is great. Like, I'm content in this place. But one of my favorite books from years and years ago that I've read is uh, The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. And at the end of each chapter, he's got these prayers. And at the end of chapter one, um, the, the prayer that he encourages us to pray, if you're reading the book, is God, I want to want you more. And so like, I know deep down within that I want the more, but I don't always feel that. There's that battle right between the spirit of God and the flesh, um, the spirit and the flesh. And so even praying things like, God, I want to want you more. God, would you continue to stoke and cultivate this hunger? And then like for me, um, even just listening to, to other pastors or leaders or, or teachers in that stuff to stir that hearing testimonies, stir up the hunger, reading books, reading, reading a book on revival right now, stirring up that hunger just to, to keep that thing in a place where I'm going, I want to continue pressing in for the more. Something I've had to do just practically. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, those that are hungry will be fed. Yeah. You know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, you know, there are a lot of those phrases. Those are there are a lot of those statements throughout the Bible. And, um, you know, if you're hungry, if you're searching for him, he will be found. And, and yeah. there's always more of him to be found. Um, I'm going back to Brazil in October. So I'd love for you to come on back. Uh, Man, but it, I, I it's to again back. to stoke the fire, you know. It's, yes. I don't want yeah. that fire to ever burn out. And people yeah. are like, why do you want to go to Brazil? I'm like, because I just saw God do incredible things. Why would I not yeah. want to go to Brazil again? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I may go other places too, but but right now, uh, God's God's doing incredible things there. And, and I want to be a part of that. That's right. I heard somebody say recently, if you can live, if you can live without revival, you will. Mm. And it just challenged me in so many different ways. Can, like, am I content to live without it? Am I content to live without God moving in this way of my life? Because if I am, then I will. So I, I don't want to be content with that. I want wow. to want more of Jesus in my life. Wow, that's really strong. And, and it, it's very true. I mean, there are a lot of people that, that are content that, uh, you know, they're just barely get to, oh, I'm saved. And I'm just uh, just getting through the day and just waiting for the Lord to show up. Well, like he's got assignments for every single one of us while we're here until we're no longer here. And I want to walk out every single one of those assignments. I don't want to miss one. 
I'm going to walk out every single one of those assignments. And then when my day is up, I want to go be with him in the fullness of his glory. But until that time, I want to make sure that I'm living with purpose because I know he's got stuff for me to do here. I'm not just, you know, on fumes trying to to get to heaven and, uh, you know, oh, if he would just show up and bring the rapture right now. Like, and he, he's waiting on us. He's trying to reach people. He, we're the vessels, you know, so there's a role that we all have to play. And the more we do that, if you want him to, to truly come back, then start doing your job. Yeah. Come on, man. That's good. Well, man, this has been awesome. How can people find out more about you or your church, uh, social yeah. media, websites? What does that look like? Yep. Yeah, we're uh, Mana Church, Colorado Springs. So there's multiple different Mana Churches around the country. I'm part of a network of, of church planting near military bases, reaching cities near military bases. Um, you can find us, uh, our website is COS, that's for Colorado Springs, cos.mana.church. And then on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we're Mana Church, Colorado Springs. You can find us on there. Excellent. Well, Joe, I really appreciate you being with us today. Uh, just, I got fired up listening to this, and I know that it's going to fire up other people too. So if this has been encouraging to you, please share this episode with friends, family. Uh, there are other people that are desperate for encouragement. So uh, let's do what we can to encourage one another. And uh, Living Life on Purpose on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose always on Instagram. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back in two weeks.